morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this fifth Sunday after Epiphany, as we hear in the Gospel of Mark today. Everywhere Jesus goes, he heals people and sets them free from disease, devils, and death itself. Jesus moves in our lives today through the power of the Holy Spirit to set us free too. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And just a couple of announcements this morning. We welcome those who join us for worship today by Facebook Live, by phone-in, and by streaming. New council members for the church council were elected at our annual meeting on January 31st, last Sunday. And those new members include Carol Abiel, Steve Amundsen, Dennis Olson, and Marilyn Shelton. They'll be recognized along with all of our council members who are continuing their terms of service next Sunday on February 14th. We thank all of our council members for their ministry. Our call committee will be meeting jointly on Wednesday with our church council to review our ministry site profile. This will be a virtual meeting with Pastor Randy Olson from our Northwest Synod of Wisconsin. And the purpose is the finalizing of our United Lutheran Church ministry site profile prepared by our call committee. This site profile communicates the unique mission of our congregation and it will be used in the search for prospective pastor candidates. Please keep the call process in your prayers. We celebrate Holy Communion today and for those who are worshiping from home who would like to commune on Communion Sunday, you are invited to prepare your own Communion elements, bread or cracker, wine or juice at home before the Holy Communion Liturgy. And following the Lord's Prayer and words of institution, I will invite worshipers to commune. On this fifth Sunday after Epiphany, what is revealed in Jesus Christ is a power to free people from the dark forces that diminish our lives. These dark forces are rendered powerless by Jesus, who has the authority to heal people and make them whole. And so we pray today in the words of the hymn, we come to you for healing, Lord, of body, mind, and soul, and pray that by your Spirit's touch we may again be whole. Let us prepare our hearts for worship, centering our hearts in God. And I invite you to join in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your Spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. 
By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in you. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our psalm of praise today from Psalm 147. Hallelujah! How good it is to sing praises to our God! How pleasant it is to honor God with praise! The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers the exiles of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Lord counts the number of stars and calls them all by their names. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. There is no limit to God's wisdom. The Lord lifts up the lowly, but casts the wicked to the ground. God is not impressed by the might of a horse and has no pleasure in the speed of a runner, but finds pleasure in those who fear the Lord and those who await God's steadfast love. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness, that your good news may be made known to the ends of your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today from Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon it and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name. Because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here is the reading. In our gospel today from Mark, the first chapter, as soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, 
and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the Gospel of the Lord. It is one thing to believe that Jesus is with us when times are good. When we are in good health, when we are financially secure, when we are feeling happy. But it is another matter to believe that Jesus is with us when things are not going well. That Jesus is with us to restore and raise us up. As we heard in Mark's Gospel, after liberating the demon-possessed man in the synagogue in Capernaum, Jesus went to the home of Simon Peter. Simon Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. When Jesus learned of her sickness, he went in and took her by the hand and healed her. Jesus restored her, restored her to her calling, restored her to a place of honor as one able to serve and show hospitality. Word of this act of healing spread quickly, and by evening the whole city was gathered outside his door. All kinds of people from Capernaum were brought to Jesus for his help, for Jesus' healing and liberating. The sick were laid before his door, and he healed illnesses and cast out demons. Jesus' ministry is one of restoration of those cut off from community, those cut off from a life of value and worth. Jesus restores people alienated and marginalized by sickness and unclean spirits restores them to wholeness. Of all the kinds of people at Jesus' door that evening, I find myself wondering how many at Jesus' door were wrestling with mental illness or addictive diseases. These kind of illnesses have a powerful, insidious way of capturing people and isolating them away from the sources of help and from the people who can help. What if those with addictive diseases or mental illnesses weren't able to overcome their captivity enough to go to Jesus' door? It makes me wonder, were there family members or friends who ran to Jesus' door as sun was setting, pleading for Jesus to help? I believe there were. I say that because we have wrestled with mental illness in our family. We run to Jesus' door. And I know there are those of you listening today who do the same. You run to Jesus' door every day. And sometimes we grow weary and tired. Let us remember the words of Isaiah. Isaiah, the prophet, acknowledged this. Even young people faint and be weary. And the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In this time of waiting we are in, we do, we do grow weary. 
Gaventa wrote about his own family situation recently. I don't remember when I first heard the phrase clinical depression, Matt wrote, but I remember when the words hit home. It was the day after my 16th birthday, the day my father entered the acute wing of inpatient psychiatric care. That's the one where they take your shoelaces and your belt. Mom and I didn't know how to talk about it. We didn't know what to say to my dad. So we just said we loved him. If we loved him enough, surely dad would come home, I thought. Dad did come home for a while, but things were not better, Matt wrote. One day we found my father unconscious, his body lying on the floor. He had taken most of the pills in the medicine cabinet, whether to end his life or just escape that afternoon. Nobody knows for sure, not even him. Thankfully, the doctors saved him. And this time, for whatever reason, things got better. Macaventa wrote, here's what I learned. Clinical depression is horrible. It's not a mood. It's not what you feel when a lot of bad things happen and you get sad. That's a normal, rational response. But clinical depression interferes with the brain's ability to have normal, rational responses. It creates a chemical imbalance in the brain, and it starts translating what actually happens in the world into what it wants you to think, which is that you are unloved, unlovable, and unworthy. So every time we told my father that we loved him, what he heard was this, we'd be better off without you. At a chemical level, it didn't matter that we loved him. We couldn't say it in a way that could penetrate the shield that depression had erected around his sense of self-worth. The only way to fight a chemical imbalance is with chemistry. Depression and anxiety disorders affect one in five adult Americans. For families that struggle with mental illness, know that you are not alone. For the Gaventa family, for our family, for you who are in our congregation, in this community, who are trying everything you know to help your loved ones struggling with a mental illness or disorder or addiction, one of the biggest traps we can fall into is to conclude that there has been a failure of love, a failure to love, because when we make such a self-judgment, we fling wide the door to our own worst demons. That's why in my mind, among those gathered around Jesus' door, that evening at Capernaum, I see family members and friends of those who struggled with depression and anxiety disorders, with addiction and eating disorders. As Macaventa puts it, on my darkest nights I felt the weight of my father's illness. I thought, I could have been there for him. I could have convinced him he was love. That's what the disorders do. They turn love into everything we should have done. They ask a thousand dark questions on a thousand dark nights, each one an opportunity for anger, guilt, and shame. And for all who get caught in the destructive path of the disorder, both the one who has the disease and those who in love try to help, there is one door we can turn to, one who is faithful, reliable, 
we come to his door. As the sun is going down and darkness settles in, we come to Jesus. We come to his door because, as we learn in Mark's gospel, when Jesus healed the mother-in-law of Simon, Jesus raised her up. The Greek word for raised up is agero. In Mark's gospel, it's the same word that is used when the women went to the tomb on the first day of the week, the tomb where Jesus was buried following his crucifixion. And when they arrived at the tomb door, they heard the announcement from the young man in the white robe, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised at Gerald. He is going ahead of you to Galilee. Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, is love incarnate, love in the flesh, in Galilee, on the move, to come to those caught in darkness and disease. Jesus is love in the flesh, always coming into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the love of Christ can outlast anything. Where our own love is insufficient, the good news we hear is that the love of Christ is more than sufficient. The love of Christ has power over evil, power over every disorder that destroys health and life. Today, Jesus demonstrates what he comes among us to do, to bring ultimate healing, a new life that lasts beyond the trials of this world, beyond the darkest day, resurrection from the dead, lives raised up, egero, raised up from every demonic, death-dealing power that slow. Paul writes in his letter to Romans the 8th chapter, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not give us everything else? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us be quick to run to Jesus' door today and every day. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will hold us and our loved ones in his love forever. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now I invite you to affirm your faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Holy God, you are the light and hope of our lives. Your freeing word came among us in Jesus, who healed the sick and restored the brokenhearted. Bless all who hear and receive your word today, that by your Holy Spirit they may be renewed, sustained, raised up, strengthened for their journey. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all ministries of healing, for those who work in hospitals, clinics, hospice, care, nursing and rehabilitation centers, for international health organizations, that they may know the joy of serving those most in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And for all who today are weary from life's burdens, for all who suffer from illness or disorder or addiction, we pray too for the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, for all those who are anxious, afraid, or lacking supportive relationships, Grant relief, support, care, and hope. And give us all awareness and willingness to help those in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support health care workers. Give continuing success the development of vaccines and their distribution. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit this day. We ask for healing for those from our community, Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Claire, Gary, Adele, John, and those we name before you. Grant them your healing grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave, and you defeated the powers of sin, death, and the evil one. We remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us, who we name before you. Inspire us to live our lives now in resurrection hope of that day we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands now, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We give thanks this day for all of God's gifts in our lives, and thank you for your gifts in support of Christ's ministry in the world today and in our community. Thank you for your support of our ministry at United Lutheran Church, for all of your stewardship of the gifts that God has entrusted to you. May God bless you. Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, 
our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. And we pray together the prayer our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, you may commune now. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God. You have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.